0: Welcome, once again, to Radio Radar. This is episode 47. My name is Anthony John Agnello. Uh, Everybody, this week, we're all over the freaking place. Susan, Dave Roberts, and myself get into talking about the games of Fall 2016 that you might not have heard about and we want to draw your attention to, such as Dragon Quest Builders and World of Final Fantasy and... Re-core, before moving on to some reader mail where we talk about the thorny business of microtransactions and what is going to happen to the dc cinematic universe listen on come along and ride on a fantastic slide slide slide. slippity slide that's why i packed my 45 life is a bitch and then you die still trying to get a piece of that apple pie still trying to find a place where i could live my life i'm i'm done
1: i love Uh, that you went right to the coolio version like that was the that was the version you had in your head
0: yeah i well i mean why, dave this is this is goddamn radio radar man right why wouldn't wait
1: go directly
2: what's the other what's the other version
0: Oh, it's uh, "Cool in the Gang." It's a 1970s song. Shut up! Really? Yeah, it's Fantastic a sample voyage.
1: of the the chorus. Is yeah. a sample of of uh, "Cool in the Gang." Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I did not know that. I learned it's something a, it, today. It's a classic funk jam, or as they, as the kids used to say at the time, it was a stone groove. I Susan, nobody love it. ever said that. <laughs> Who
2: said that?
0: Nobody ever.
2: <laughs> no, no, they like one guy in Astoria said that yeah like
0: what? yeah one elderly greek that. man yeah. <laughs> yeah me pretending to be an elderly greek man in bell bottoms uh is the person <laughs> who said that <laughs> hello everyone welcome to radio radar my name's anthony john agnello senior social editor at games radar plus and we are back with another episode we have staff roberts
1: dave roberts i'm angry <laughs> We'll get, we'll get, we'll to, get pain, to it. Man. Oh my god! Yeah. Hi. We're, yeah. <laughs> hi. Hello. <So laughs>
0: angry. And uh, and that person who is taking deep pleasure in Dave Roberts's pain is executive editor Susan Arnt.
2: Motown Philly, back again.
0: <laughs> ABC, <laughs> BBD, the East Coast. Damn. Damn. Dave. Tell everybody what you did last night. <laughs> Tell them what you did.
1: Uh yeah, I watched the Revenant. Uh I I watched the last scene of that movie. I got to the credits. I I did a double take, so I had to rewind and watch the last, like, the last shot again. And I almost shouted bullshit <laughs> at like one in the morning in a room full of no one. <laughs>
2: To be fair, look. I want to make it clear. I warned you guys that this movie was terrible.
0: I saw it in the theater by myself. Oh, when it there came was nobody out. else in the theater. No, it was it was like me. It because I it, this was right after Christmas this past year, where almost every day I went to a ten a.m. movie screening. <laughs> So there was like me and like four other people. Oh there. wow! Okay, okay, it was awesome. And the Rural. old guy on
1: his more like he he just got done walking in the mall, so he's now yeah. watching his his daily movie. Let um, me let
0: me tell you, if you're gonna see Revenant by yourself at the movies uh, at 10 a.m., don't do it the day after you did a 10 a.m. screening of the Hateful Eight.
1: Oh god! Wow, those movies- that's whiplash.
0: <laughs> Wow. It's Not how you start the day. No, it's not how you do it. <laughs> okay, but th- so Dave,
1: yeah,
2: walk us through your anger. Uh,
1: it's a very beautiful film. Mm-hmm. It's a very beautiful film. It's a it's a gorgeously shot movie. It is a.
2: Um, I hear very difficult to make.
1: It was very difficult to make. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but they they were ve- they. Apparently, like, I was reading some of the stuff that they did. Apparently, like, Inyorito is a crazy person and would only film using natural light. Yep. Which meant that most days they had 90 minutes of filming time to work with. Like, who does that? Why would you... uh, Anyways. It
2: it, it is
1: stunningly beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah. It is also... Or orally
0: and visually. yeah. Because Ryuichi Sakamoto's score kicks ass. True.
1: Yeah. It's also, like, one of the most emotionally devoid films that I've seen in a long time. And, like, it kind of goes back to... I, I tweeted yesterday... That uh, Alejandro Inarritu is the David Cage of movies. Now let me explain <laughs> what I mean by that, because Inarritu at least has like a base level level understanding of how humans work, and an ability to like craft a film with a logical progression and actors who know what they're doing and just like all, all of that. Like 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 technically his movies are sound, right? Like there, there are there's reasons why they get awards but the thing is is they make similar shortcuts to to getting an emotion from the viewer like like all movies all media is emotionally manipulative like that's that's what it's supposed to do it's supposed to get a reaction something out of you yeah right like you know music has keys and those keys can be used in a way to like get emotion from the viewer. It, it it it's just that his movies are so contrived to do so. Like, it's like... It's it's not like I'm going to tell a story and I hope that story moves you. It's like, no. I am going to make you feel something. And that's what the... Like, like The Revenant is just, like... There are some character moments that are set up to, like, make you feel for uh, Glass and his journey from, you know, like... Near death to like finally getting his revenge, and then but but once that like once his journey starts, all of that sort of falls away, and it just becomes like y- it's trying to get you to care about Glass just because it's like look at what we're doing to him. He has mm. to sleep on a horse now. He <laughs> <even> <laughs>
0: fell off he's got to
1: taunt on that horse. He just rode off a cliff.
0: Yeah, that was
2: actually that was the moment. I I just started laughing hysterically yeah. because it yeah. was it was a series of unfortunate events the movie. It was like, "Okay, My god. What Susan. Could, what's the worst possible thing that could happen right now? That's what's going to so happen." Rides a horse not, on a cliff.
0: It's not just when he has to get inside the horse. It's the moment that made me laugh out loud is the next morning when it's like frozen. Yep. And he he's like like hitting the top of it cuz all I heard as he's like struggling to get out of a frozen horse carcass was the curb your enthusiasm music <laughs> like <laughs> Well like, Well Yeah,
1: like it's just it's so relentless and it's so obvious. Like like there's a part after that when he's in a little ice cave and he writes Fitzgerald killed my son on the wall. It is the <laughs> John G raped and killed my wife tattoo of this movie. Like it's just so relentless and beating this message into you that by the end of it i just like i i felt like when i watch a movie and i want to go on an emotional journey i trust that the director respects my intelligence enough to not make those mom- like to to come across those emotions honestly and in your right. E2 is so focused on like Expectancy. making sh- yeah that making sure that you get those the those emotions that it j- all of it just feels so dishonest like he's trying so hard Leonardo the thing Di- that Di- DiCaprio's that- acting so hard he's in frozen <laughs> water you guys he's crawling through the snow he got fucked by a bear like not <laughs> actually but like i mean
2: okay here's what really bugs me is up until the point that he has been abandoned in the forest, it, you know, and left for dead. Yeah, that movie's actually really good. It's yeah, profound. I was into it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's when it's
0: when it's like the actual logging operation, right. And it's, all of that. Yeah, it's that's pretty cool.
2: Very genuine. You actually care about these people. You see both sides of the conflict. The reasons people have for doing the things they do are real and grounded, and you get it. And it's and the the emotions that come out of you come by honestly and yeah. then it's it's okay i'm gonna crawl for like three days yeah. and then it's gonna snow a lot there's gonna be a nice indian's gonna come and fix me up
1: and I'm going he's gonna feed a, me gonna raw buffalo liver. yeah leonardo dicaprio eats a real liver here's an oscar yeah, <laughs> like, That that, that, la- that last moment. Come on, you, you've swear. earned
0: it if you eat a raw liver in the middle that. of nowhere. No, like,
1: the entire time I'm watching that, I'm like, if he didn't get the Oscar for this, I think he was going to quit acting. Yeah. Because he's like, what more do I have to do for you people? I ate liver.
2: Honestly, I think he's deserved an Oscar since What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know. Many wanted- times
1: over, he's earned it. Yeah. 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 But. Like uh that that last shot, I don't think <laughs> <laughs> Wait like he sees spoilers, I mean the movie's been out for like a year now, so um and ultimate, don't watch this movie. And don't it's... watch it, yeah. <laughs> don't watch it. No. But Terrible he movie. like okay, so he
2: The scene with the bear is really impressive though.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, like it and like it has a certain like realistic grounding to it. To that fight, to him, like, yes. reacting to that fight. Like, that was really cool. Yeah. But, um... But no, the very end, when he, like, he gets his revenge, and, like, the the Indian tribe passes by him, and he climbs up the wall, and he, he sees the vision of his dead wife, and she, like, walks away, because, like, you know, metaphor. And then... <laughs> and then he's, like, looking off in the distance, and he's, like, shivering. Snow is just falling on him. And he... He is sad. And then he looks directly into the camera. And I shit you not, like, a single tear starts forming in his eye. But it won't go because it's so cold. And then the camera fades to black. All right, Dave. I'm so now, angry at this movie. I I, I, I want to <laughs> present you
0: with two options to oh make The Revenant awesome. Oh, God. Let's say that... Leonardo DiCaprio rides off from the camp where General Hux from The Force Awakens is. Oh, you like, mean Bill yo, Weasley from, from the heroes? Yeah, Potter when movies. when when Bill Weasley is like, yo, dog, that guy was a dick. Let's go get him. And <laughs> they leave, but he dies finally succumbing in a realistic way to the insane festering wounds on his body. Yes. He just yeah. he finally dies. Yes. But Tom Hardy. Hilar- hilarious accent, I had too much Novocaine Why at the so dock. Why does he mumble so
1: Why does he mumble in every movie? Because he, he had he's too much talker.
0: Novocaine. He had too much Novocaine at the dock, and he chewed on his tongue a little, and he's like, We're here to leave him out in the woods. So they took care of it, and he's out there, and he's like, Look like I got out of it. And then, out of the woods, all of a sudden you hear, You will know fear and bane Tom Hardy. <laughs> Comes out of the trees, and then mumbles McTom Hardy and Bane Tom Hardy have to have a fist fight instead of Leonardo DiCaprio with end I'd,
1: I'd be into that.
0: It'd be awesome, right? That would automatically... Would it redeem everything that came before?
1: Yes. Yeah, all right. You merely lived in the shadow.
0: <laughs>
2: And then, okay, you thought is, that
0: you could escape the inhumanity of Mad. Is
2: Mad Max Tom Hardy getting in on this action at all?
1: Oh, Mad yeah, Max sure. Tom Hardy
0: okay. shows up when they've both killed each other and just gives the thumbs up. So there like, you go. Yeah. All yeah, right. the last yeah, when they're, the when they're both dead,
1: he just comes in and like takes all their crap and then walks off. I like yeah. that.
0: That works for and me. And then okay. Inception Tom Hardy comes out and just eats a sandwich <laughs> because he can't be on screen without eating something for some reason. <laughs> And
2: then, and then Star Trek Insurrection. Tom Hardy walks by and is like, "I wasn't very popular yet, so
0: <laughs> It's just was Nobody liked my bald Picard head. And
2: and this was before I got some Invisalign going on. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. fixed this snaggle business. Yeah, wow. he
2: yeah he got some major Invisalign action after that, and that oh yeah that was a good investment on his part.
0: So the, the, other, the other scenario I want to present to you, Dave, okay. is, is, like, I just want you to imagine The Revenant under different circumstances. Like, let's say it was modern day. And instead of taking place in the Old West, it took place in Japan. Now, if you think about modern it, Japan? see where I'm going. Modern Japan. Okay. Because there's already a video game version of The Revenant called Yakuza 5. Yeah. Now, in Yakuza <laughs> Five, this is like, imagine a scenario where Leonardo DiCaprio, in in order to revenge his his himself, to uh, revenge is not a verb. I can't. No, do that. it's it's to not. Of, to to, avenge, it's to revenge himself. To revenge himself. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, to revenge himself. To revengeance yeah. himself uh, for the murder of his son. He escapes from a Japanese prison. And then gets on a snowmobile and chases Tom Hardy through the woods, and then fist fights crashes that snowmobile, and then fist fights the bear. Okay,
2: but wait, 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 wait! Can the bear be wearing the white suit?
0: Yes, absolutely. with a flared collar. Yeah. Yes. Yes. No, Susan, that actually happens, by the way. Okay. In Yakuza. Oh, I know. Yakuza Five. I saw fist fighting a bear.
2: I saw some of Yakuza Five at E (laughs) three. That game is bonkers.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, they're that, magical games. It, I, magic. My favorite part of those games are how every single person, when they're ready to fight, they reach up to their shoulder to grab their suit, and then all of it just comes off in one swift motion. Yeah. How do they do that?
2: Velcro. <laughs> strippers okay. do that. Male yeah. strippers. It's just all yeah, Velcro. I, the seams are just all Velcroed, and it's just... You z- have to be ready. You do. You got. I, well, yeah, you got to wake up prepared.
0: I don't know like, if people think it's just ridiculous to bring up... Yakuza 5 uh, because there is a bear fight in context of the revenant. They actually it is worth bringing up both because they're both as deadly serious about everything that's happening. Yes. True. I think Yakuza is way better at being human. I feel like that's a good example of everything that that dude gets wrongs with his uh with his pictures. Yeah. You think that's
1: accurate Dave? Yeah, well it's 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 just the contrived notion of it's in it. It's like that movie Crash you know where it's like everyone is awful all of the time at once and it's like like no you have to I'm mean, like not every movie has to show the good with the bad but you at least have to recognize that you know humanity isn't just like a giant pit of sadness even though it can be a lot I, of the uh, time to me I
2: think people. game of thrones has proved otherwise
1: <laughs> Yeah but even that like that show like gets it's it's too much sometimes for me That's tr- no that's actually true That's actually Um, true.
2: I I thought about, I gave serious thought to stopping uh, watching it. I think midway through like season five, because it was just really clubbing you over the head with life sucks. Everybody you like is, is having incredibly horrible things happen to them. And there's no hope that any of them will, will be redeemed in any way. Like it was, it hmm. was, it was a struggle there for a while. I think, I think they pulled it out though.
0: That's why that's why I'm going to stop watching Mr. Robot, even though I just started watching. Mr. <laughs> Robot, because what, what, everybody sucks. You all suck. Why should I care about watching any of you? And it's also like that that whole grim, dark, everything is the end of the world. Yeah, I have very little time for that. That there there are no shades of gray in in all of life, that like, there is, like, it's all ugliness and brutal. But right. Leonardo DiCaprio will be
1: crying on a mountain. And, and like, Iterino's done this ever since the beginning. Like, he... His first three movies are part of something called the Trilogy of Death. That's what he oh, calls God. them. Oh, <laughs> God. With Amortus Pedros. It's uh, like,
2: dude, <laughs> we know you went to art school. Please, just stop. Yeah. Just stop
0: it. But, like... <laughs>
2: I mean, we should we should transition back to games at some point, but yeah, yeah, uh... no, we, I,
0: I, we're we're sort of we're circling back to it. Well, with,
2: with regard to Mr. Robot, I am told because there, they is there's a new Mr. Robot game out, yeah. uh, from uh, Telltale. I am told you don't have to watch the show to enjoy the game.
0: Hmm. Well, that's when Telltale's at their best. Yeah. Is, is when is when they when they drift away. From the source material. Oh,
1: and that game is actually, it's it's published by Telltale, but it's actually made by Night School, which is the studio who made Oxenfree. Oh, oh shut up! No shit! Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh! I'm nine times more excited than And now. it's three dollars on wait. iOS, and apparently, like, it does some really cool stuff with, oh. like, uh, because, uh, I've seen some images of it, and it, it's one of those games that's like, it's presented to look like, like a phone. Like, you use the mm-hmm, app, and mm-hmm. it's, like, text messages and emails and stuff, but there's, like, a story that's baked into it. Uh, cool premise. Yeah, it's cool supposed premise. to be pretty cool. Oh, I'm into it. Yeah, any,
0: cool. anybody who is listening to this and don't know who the Night School are or what Oxenfree is, Oxenfree, I, I would say, pound for pound, is one of the single best video games to come out in the last 12 months. Uh, it came out in February on Xbox One. It came out... Uh, just this, uh, just at the beginning of the summer on PlayStation 4. It is an awesome little adventure game that is just the, the, so good. one of the most wonderful things in the world. And I, I feel like that's one of the things that comes out, and, you know, it's like, oh, look, another indie game on your Xbox or your PlayStation, yeah. and people just sort of let it slough off as they wait to play The Division, which they then play and then forget about promptly. Uh, So, in the spirit of bringing uh, people's attention to games like Oxenfree, we're recording this on the last day of August. And if you guys know anything about the last days of August, this is the Deadlands. Yes, Nothing's going on. It's the end of the summer. This is the moment that people are reflecting on what is to come in the fall. And if you're a video game person, the fall is... Man, that's that's rush. Yeah, it's that's, like once that's rush season.
1: Once Madden hits, there's usually like maybe a week or two <laughs> roll, and then and then it's just video game season. nonstop. It's like
0: when you see it's like <clears throat> when you see birds flying south. Madden's arrived. Yes, time to bring in the harvest, kids. <laughs> um, so yes, we we all know about the the Titan Falls and the Final Fantasy Fifteens and and the. The Giants that are coming out this fall. We we have discussed them on this show. We discuss them on the site every day. But there are other games coming out this fall that you guys might not have on your radar. I apologize for just walking into that. Your games pun. radar. Oh, dunk. I'm sorry. <laughs> it happened by accident. So, Dave, no, what what is coming up? What is coming out between uh, now and the end of the year that you are genuinely excited by, and you feel like, uh, like, like people need to know it's happening,
1: and they don't? Um, well, like I'm looking at this list, and they're, like, they're the big ones. Like they're, you know, there's Mafia 3, which looks cool, and there's uh, Titanfall, which looks cool. Um, but I think one of the, the games that I'm looking forward to, just because I don't know much about it, and I want to see what it's, what's going on there, is uh, Recore. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, which comes out next month, <laughs> um, middle of next month actually, the thirteenth of September. So that's coming up quick. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's the that's the game developed by uh, Concept, which is um, Inafune, uh, his studio, the Mega Man guy, and uh, or I guess more recently the Mighty Number no. Nine guy. Um, <laughs> And uh, Armature Studio, which is a studio made up of a bunch of ex-retro developers—the guys that worked on uh, Metroid Prime and the yeah. Donkey Kong games—and and so, this is
0: going to be the first time that they're making something that's original. Yeah, since then.
1: and it, like it looks super cool. I love the the like the desert robot future aesthetic. Um, I love. Um, the art, like the the sort of the art style from the cover and stuff, looks really cool. And um, the thing is, is just that, you know, it's it's kind of like the, the finer details of what that game actually is have kind of slipped by me. Like I didn't, because you know, because I was embedded in E three, I didn't really have a chance to like go check it out or watch any of the trailers or any of that stuff. And I um, just, it's it's kind of fallen off my <laughs> radar a little bit. <laughs> uh, it's just um, gonna
0: keep happening,
1: <laughs> but uh, no, like it, it seems like uh, it's it's there, there's like an X factor about it. Like it could be it could be really cool or it could be um, total garbage. Especially because you know they're they're pricing it weirdly. Like it's a forty dollar game and not a sixty dollar game. And apparently, mm. if you pre-order it on Xbox One, you get a free copy of Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, which doesn't make sense to me. But it's um, bizarre. I mean, sure. You know, go ahead. Well, but there's so, like
0: there's robot creation. Don't you don't you like customize and change your buddy? Yes, it's your robot same. buddy in record? I mean, yes. That's
1: not the same though.
0: It's that's I mean, <laughs> <laughs> not it's, the same. It's not even remotely. Like, I'm really reaching here. I'm trying to. see I mean, the you can't turn
1: your dog into a car and then ride him up a hill, or like <laughs> break the game entirely by just making him into an airplane. You can you
0: can make him into a car and then drive him into a witch's face. Yes, I'd play that. God, game. when you when you describe Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts out loud, it sounds like a much better game than it <laughs> is. <laughs> no,
1: Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts is a great game, and I, I will not accept any uh, any anything to the contrary. I
0: I I tried to love that game. I tried very hard when it came out in two thousand eight to love that game. Uh, I I will admit. Uh, I was a different person in 2008. I liked different things in 2008. Maybe I'm a more patient person now. And I try it's it's both still again. kind
1: of rough. I think like the biggest problem with it is that it doesn't know if it wants to go in this new direction or still be like, because there are still like like notes strewn everywhere that you have to pick right. up, and it's like, yeah. but you want me to ride around in your in your weird vehicles, but then you also want me to pick up all these notes. Like that's not cool. I don't know. It's a weird game. But yeah, I don't know. ReCore. It looks... I, I'm i kind of, it, It's weird. Like, some games I, I really want to know everything about. Like, I watched that 50-minute video of Final Fantasy 15, and, like, that was really cool to get that sort of in-depth mm-hmm. look into the game. Whereas this, I think I'm pretty okay, like, not knowing anything other yeah. than the very general sort of pitch for it. And then just going in and experiencing what it has to offer. I think like that's that there's value in that too, and just like kinda going in blind. Have you played
0: Armature's last real game? Oh the Batman. Because game? Armature Yeah, there you go. Batman Batman Origins oh, Batman Arkham Origins Blackgate. <laughs> there are too many colons yes, there in are. that name.
1: That game wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah, not not bad. Not the great. Thing that,
0: the see, boss the fights problem. were awful.
1: The boss and, fights were terrible. And the map was... Uh, uh, the map they fixed for the, like, uh, fixed a bit for the 360 version. Like, the console versions of that game, but it still wasn't great.
0: It's the combat. The combat was... It, armature... It was really interesting playing uh, Blackgate. Because you could see that, you know, these these guys, like you said, are, are sort of expats from Retro Studios. And they were the key creative minds behind the original Metroid Prime. And Blackgate, you can see that they still have this really interesting knack for uh, making... (laughs) Don't say (laughs) knack. If you say knack three times, he appears and makes you play it. (laughs) If (laughs) you say knack three times, a commenter appears and demands it go on PlayStation Plus. Uh, Don't do that. Yeah, they're 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 still really good at making these interconnected environments that are really interesting to explore. And yet it was clear that the marching orders were to keep it feeling like it had to still be a Batman Arkham game. Yeah. So the combat and the movement are based on what you're doing in Arkham Asylum and Arkham City and Arkham Knight. And you know what doesn't translate to a 2D platformer? <laughs> <laughs>
1: At all,
0: uh, so I'm 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 interested too. I didn't realize uh, we have a feature on Games Radar right now that says uh, five reasons uh, that Recore is the Xbox's Zelda, and I hadn't heard the game compared to Zelda before, and that made me instantly more interested. Yeah, I thought it was more like a <laughs> level by level sort of linear. Action game, like God of War, rather than a Zelda. Susan, have you played Recore? I have not. E3? No, I no? have not
2: had the opportunity to play Recore yet, and I'm
0: kind of interested. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it's, it's kind of where I'm at.
2: <laughs> my my concern, like I, I I I really like the idea of the the pals that you have your little mm-hmm. robot your little robot pals who you can customize like if you want your your you know your big gorilla pal to have big hammers for fists you can do that that's interesting to me unless it becomes either underbaked or overdone like either either it, it because oftentimes when they when they put a system like that into a game it either becomes such an overwhelming focus that it's if you don't care about all the little fiddly bits the game doesn't appeal or it's just kind of a token customization and yeah. it's, and it's like, well, why did you bother? Why didn't you just make the dog be the dog and the gorilla be the gorilla and, and so forth? Um, so I'm certainly curious to see more about it, but I don't, I just don't know enough right now.
0: It has a, it has a weirdly sort of nondescript look. It does. You, you know, it's very inoffensive. I, 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 that's not a bad thing by any means. I kind of like that it, it's, it's going for uh, sparseness, but it doesn't—it doesn't feel spare in say the way that a, an eco or mm. Shadow of mm-hmm. Colossus feels spare. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you, Dave. I I want to see what the hell that is all about. Yeah, like, it so has some...
1: the it has the potential to be like the the sleeper hit of the year, or it could just come and go and no one yeah. cares.
0: It might disappear. I'm glad that it's coming out on PC at the exact same time as the Xbox version. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I'm I'm pl- pleased about that. Susan, what is your pick? What is coming up well, that people don't know about? It's,
2: okay, it's not coming out until January.
0: Oh, that counts. Okay. That counts.
2: Uh, Dragon Quest Builders.
0: Oh,
1: wait, I thought it was coming out
0: in November. Uh, Did it get
2: bumped?
1: Well, I, 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 I think I saw October. Let me see.
2: No, I just, I thought it was the end of January. <laughs> <laughs> We're very good well, at our they, jobs. Yeah, no,
0: you're right. It is January yeah, okay. now. They bumped it. Yeah. Son
2: of a bitch. Yeah. Which uh, I have played Dragon Quest Builders, and it solves all of Minecraft's issues for me, because my, like the concept behind Minecraft, you have to love it. Like here's this world, and you can do whatever you want, and there's all these you know secrets to find and formulas, and you know go, and that's awesome if you have imagination. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah, I am the person who, if you put me in front of a set of Legos, I'm going to make a a wall, perhaps a tower. Like, I just, I don't think that way. I need, I need some kind of direction. And Dragon Quest Builders, A, has all of the Dragon Quest aesthetics. So it's super cute and there's slimes. And I mean, you know, that's, that's right up my alley. But then it's also directed because you're trying to rebuild specific things. So it's kind of like if Harvest Moon met Minecraft,
0: Mm, mm.
2: Like because you're trying to restore things to, to greatness, and and you have missions. You know, you got to learn this recipe. You got to rebuild this structure. You have to do that. But it's all but very very Minecrafty uh, mechanics. Yeah, and I'm into it.
0: Yeah, it looks so cool. Yeah. I, yeah, I cannot 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 wait to play that game, and I I love the premise. I love the setup that it takes place directly after Dragon Quest 1 or Dragon Warrior if you happen to be playing a lot of video games in 1987 in the United (laughs) States. Uh, (laughs) And the... people, People might not know at the end of that game you have a choice. You get to like the last guy, the last boss, the Dragon Lord and he's like, hey man, you can totally kill me. I know you worked really hard to get here to do that or you can just... Be evil, and we can hang out. And the game Dragon Quest Builders is after you choose to be evil. <laughs> and everything sucks. The world's destroyed, and that's why you're rebuilding it. That wow. rules.
1: That's awesome. I'm, that's so that good.
0: A, yeah, such a cool premise. I I hope that this delay that they've given uh, the U.S.
1: release for well,
0: Dragon Quest Builders I'm, means that we'll get a physical version of the Vita game.
1: I'm still Come on. I'm still seeing like the 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 Wikipedia page still has it as October 11th. The Japanese version came out in January. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it got delayed. Maybe it didn't. I'm, I'm video, games. Um, video <laughs> games. Video games, everybody. But I, hey,
2: maybe it, like maybe it is out in in the fall. Uh, more the better. If that's yeah. true. Uh, I You know, it, it's just, I like, now that there's been, like, we've gotten to the point where games can be these either enormous open world experiences, or like The Witcher, or have cool. a really well-constructed narrative, like Uncharted 4, I, I need a break from that sometimes. Yeah. I need something yeah. nice and light and fluffy that I don't need to obsess over or try min-maxing or any of that. And I can just sit and play.
0: Like th- Anything that lets me not min-max is, like, please, 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 <laughs> please, I don't want to think about your stupid customization tree. I just don't. Upgrade points, crafting. <laughs> I mean, I love no. that stuff.
2: I love, it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. I really do.
0: Susan, I got news for you. What? Uh, official website for Dragon Quest Builders, October 2016. Ooh!
2: Yay! Yeah, okay. US. Yeah, it's happening. Then it this fits, fits perfectly it. with our with our little setup there. We'll just fix this in post. Yeah,
0: yeah we'll fix it fix it post. In post. oh, we'll fix it in post. Let's we'll put time. a giant air horn <laughs> over the. Previous... <laughs> <laughs> state, it's fine. Boing. Uh, can I stop being a video game journalist for five seconds? Okay. Can I do that? Yeah. Will you guys give me a special dispensation?
1: Sure. What do you mean by that? Like, just like, just you like allow about something.
0: Just just let me be. Not a professional, just let me like be Commenter Voice's little brother. Okay. Uh GeoCities fan page boy. Alright. Okay. Please buy Dragon Quest Builders, everybody. And <laughs> Dragon Quest 7. And everything Dragon Quest. Because if you do these things, they'll actually bring us Dragon Quest XI when it comes out. Oh my god. Yes. And I can't. I can't be like fifty-two years old and waiting for the Nintendo Brain Jack edition of Dragon <laughs> Quest XI to wait to pr- play it in English, please, <laughs> please let this series succeed. Yeah,
2: please. That would be <laughs> well. I mean, it's not like Dragon Quest VIII was a flop.
0: No, Dragon Quest VIII did very well, yeah. and they can cont- they continued to bring Dragon Quest here. For the next few years, yeah. you know, through 2010, Dragon Quest games were coming out regularly. We got four, five, six, and nine, nine on the Nintendo DS. Uh, n- n- nine, nine, nine was not for nine me. sucked. I, it was just not, not good. a big fan. Yeah, but like the problem is, is that they 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 released those versions too quickly. There were too mm. many of them. There was a bit and of I'm a
2: dragon r- glut there for a while. Yeah, yeah. The,
0: there was just a flood because it wasn't just those; it was Dragon Quest Joker one and two as well. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Ro- so there, Rocket were, there was Rocket
1: Slime, yeah. Well, Rocket
0: Slime, Rocket Slime was Rocket slime divorced was awesome. from
1: that flood. That we, was like we have to get the other ones, and we probably never
0: will. We'll ne- we'll sad. never get them. We'll never get them. We'll never get the 3DS one. Oh, and I'm man. worried that they're doing the same thing again this year because Dragon Quest Heroes came out last year and it was all on its own, but now we've got Dragon Quest 7 in 2 weeks on 3DS and then Dragon Quest Builders a month after that and just patience patience square come on yeah but yeah all but, right but like, all because right because
1: they were uh, square was saying that with Dragon Quest Heroes like if it did well enough that they would reevaluate whether they were going to release future games yeah. in the series and i guess like Dragon Quest Heroes must have done well enough cuz yep. they're they're starting to push a little bit harder on that Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's it's it's good, it's good. I'm, more uh, Dragon yeah. Quest is good, more Dragon Quest. Dragon it's a, Quest, it's 11, always everybody. good. It's so it's such a charming. Like, it's, like compared to Final Fantasy, you know, you have both of these series together, and like Dragon Quest is kind of a nice little oasis from the. <laughs> it's just a goofy little fantasy thing, you know, compared to this boy band.
2: it's just i mean i'm (laughs) I'm, I'm stoked for final fantasy 15 i'm really really excited to play it but it's it's just that's an investment right like just your time your attention you have to think about you know what's the best way to do this what do i want to do next blah 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 whereas you know dragon quest is just so cheerful and it's just so happy Mm. and silly and Mm -hmm. that's it's just this wonderful palette Cleanser for all other types of games. Because, like, I love Titanfall. And I, I, I love all that stuff, but it's all kind of tonally similar.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. Mm. Slime uh, puns, man. Slime puns! My, my pick for this actually fits between boy band investment RPG <laughs> and super light. I would play that game. Uh, Yeah, <laughs> boy band adventure. Gonna... We're going to play that game. Yeah. Come on. We're going to. Uh, and and the lightness of Dragon Quest. <laughs> and I don't even know what the hell it is. <laughs> I don't know what World of Final Fantasy is. We keep trying to find out what World of Final Fantasy is. And from what I can tell, it's a game where you play as two little kids that got hit with the Kingdom Hearts stick. And they, they're Kingdom hearts out, they got the big feet and the spiky hair, and they go to a place where it, it kind of sucks. <laughs> and while it's sucking, they meet some chocobos and some moogles, and they're like, yo, help us make this place not suck. <laughs> and then there's a version of Lightning from Final Fantasy 13 and Squall from Final Fantasy 8 and they come out, but they've been turned into Funko Pop toys for some reason, but they can still walk even though they don't have the musculature to hold up their enormous heads, and they're like, only you can save our world. And it's, I don't know what, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know, I don't,
2: you know, but they had me at the big head chocobos. they little tiny chibi chocobos. I'm in. I'm done. Like, oh, okay, how much, where, who do I make the checkout to? Fine, yes, thank you. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on. Have you guys... I mean, it could end up being a card battling game. I don't care, I'm in. Right.
0: Have, Have either of you seen... Any trailers or footage that show
1: like gameplay? No, no. But w- this podcast is going up on Monday, which means that I will be wrapping packs by then. So we mm. will talk about it next week. You'll we we'll play have played it. it. Oh, I that's will exciting. Play it. <laughs> Play that so, we, we will Fantasy. talk all about that, because I also have no idea what the hell this game is. Just, I just don't get it, man. I don't understand. <laughs> like, I uh, every single time
0: I see a picture of it, I'm like, what do you want from me, World of Final <laughs> Fantasy? <laughs> I don't and understand.
1: Pre- <laughs> wasn't, like, the pre-order, like, the the collector's edition thing is, like, a storybook?
0: Yeah, It's a pop-up book! It's a, it's a pop-up, pop-up book! book. Oh, no. What? Yes!
2: Like, why? why? Like, what? Because Pop-Up 4. <laughs> who is from- this for? Awesome.
0: Who, who, besides us, oh. who is World of Final Fantasy 4? Like, because what little kid's going to be like, yeah, awesome, spiky-haired guy? No, yeah, no, no. I was
1: awesome. <laughs> I remember him when my dad wouldn't shut up about him when I was born. <laughs> 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 no, when is, I was one year old. This is not
2: for kids. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's for kids.
1: I don't think it's for kids. It's for kids yeah, in the know. same way that, like... Like Lego Dimensions is for kids and that it's really not because all of the properties that they're picking are clearly for like nostalgia. Sure, adult kids from the 80s with disposable incomes. <laughs> but like, but like, if you're eight years old,
0: you you have access and understanding to Scooby Doo and Doctor Who. That that stuff isn't out of reach. So yeah, no, no, okay, Doctor Who is little... very very big with children. Right, yeah, yeah. they they love it, and so. Lego Dimensions, even though those things are these, these big nostalgia points, you can see how people make the jump. How kids still get into that. Their parents are saying, hey, you know, we both watch Doctor Who together. Let's play this game. And then they see the Ghostbusters, and the kid's like, who are they? And then the parent watches Ghostbusters with them. World of Final Fantasy, no little kid is saying, dad, who is the spiky-haired man with the sword gun, and why, why are they in so a weird high school? <laughs> Why are they in a <laughs> high school that's shaped like a conch shell and it's also a <laughs> spaceship?
1: There's nothing
0: there to latch onto.
1: Um accurate, yeah. I mean, yes, but I mean like um when my my daughter was visiting over the summer, like we played Kingdom Hearts together and that was really cool. And yeah, but try, that,
2: but Disney's the entry point there.
1: Yeah, but I could see now going like, "Okay, well, now I'm going to continue your transformation into anime person uh cat-eared anime person and we are going to play this game and then maybe it'll get her into final fantasy i don't know like uh, maybe it's for a very specific person i.e. me who likes final fantasy but also has kids i don't Mm. know i don't like i don't know (laughs) i don't why why
2: are we thinking this is for kids just because it's super cute
1: yeah, I, 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 Yeah,
0: I think, I think that it. Dragon Quest is super cute. Dragon Quest is super it's, cute, and Dragon yeah. Quest, Dragon Quest is known as an all ages series. True, it's, it's you know the
1: world of Final Fantasy. I just don't understand. No, well, we will, we I will. Just,
2: I am very much looking forward to your report.
1: Yeah, I will. I will get back to you with all of the details. Yes. I'm also... So, I, I think I have an interview scheduled with the, like one of the developers, and I think all my questions are just going to be so... <laughs> what is this? What is going... Yeah, uh, exactly! What <laughs> were you... Walk,
0: walk me through this! <laughs> uh, I find it interesting, Susan, that you talk about Dragon Quest being a thing that you love and you adore and final fantasy like world of final fantasy fits into what you like about final fantasy in the post lightning returns world you weren't a final fantasy person before correct uh and this this segues nicely into our next topic which is how you uh, acquire a taste for something in video games that is very specific that a lot of people don't like I'm really excited about World of Final Fantasy, even though we can't figure out who the <laughs> hell that game is for or what it is. Because it, Precisely because of that, I like games that are so surreal and alienating outwardly that you wonder why this exists at all. That, that is the sort of thing that appeals to me, and that carries over to things like Tokyo Mirage Sessions... Mm-hmm. The Wii RPG, Wii U RPG that came out this past summer, uh, and is is about pop stars fighting demons with their pop star powers that and manifest friendship. and friendship, and they manifest as uh, giant fire emblem characters. But that's that's a bridge too far for you. Well, you, you don't like that. Girl. I, I'm curious. Yeah. So here's the. Th- so here's what I really love about
2: games out of Japan more specifically RPGs out of Japan is that they embrace weirdness and creativity mm. and imagination and you get ideas in Japanese games that would never because Americans and this is gross generalization obviously are are a bit more averse to just being weird just they want the sure. realism they want yeah. the
1: like they want to feel like they're part of a thing, and that thing <laughs> is grounded in a certain, like, Michael Bay reality. Uh, yeah. want, it's like want... how my,
0: my grandfather uh, refuses to read fiction, because right. he's like, that's just making stuff up! It... I don't want I don't want stuff that's made up. They want things like... they
2: recognize, right? Sure. Where at, like, a game like Katamari Damacy, I don't think would have come out of... Well, I'm not saying an American wouldn't think of it, but getting it out the door and published, and into your console of choice, way harder. It's Especially the... in that era. Exactly, exactly. That's that's the distinction I'm making. So what appeals to me is like just the wonderful creativity and the childlike glee with which uh, Japanese games embrace all manner of mechanics, characters, colors, styles. I love that, right? Like, you get the Persona series. That is super off the wall. Uh, Dragon Quest is... is Puns—it's just left to right puns, and it's—and everybody has big googly eyes, and it's great, and it's wonderful. And then and I love that, and I love that about Tokyo Mirage Sessions. It—you know—they're pop stars, and they're—they're they're chaining pop music together, and all, like the actual mechanics of the game. I really enjoyed a great deal. But what I couldn't deal with, and this is a matter of personal taste. This is not a condemnation. Don't email me about it. <laughs> I, that's not going to work. <laughs> I there are certain Japanese affectations that drive me up a tree. Like the the hmm. hero before every swing he takes in battle wipes his
0: mouth. Oh god. I yeah. What is that? I don't
2: know. If, oh my god. <laughs> I it, it, it was so aggravating to me. I couldn't bear to watch it. And I also there is there's no uh English Voices, which is, Mm. which I totally understand because it's a money saving measure because localization ain't cheap. I get it. I have no problem with it. I don't like the sound of the Japanese language. Again, personal taste, not a condemnation.
0: Don't write me. I just don't. Sure, and that, and it's not, it's not even. This is a different thing than saying, like, I don't like the sound of that language. Mm -hmm. It's in anime, especially, and video games that mimic the style of cartoon and film anime mm-hmm. there is a type of vocalization right like an affectation to the voices it just as there is in in all animation yes you know, absolutely like pe- people yeah people in cartoons don't speak conversational and they speak
2: in in yeah in and no woman in in a japanese soundtrack has a deep voice like mine they all see me me, 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 me. Yeah. They all sound like beaker. They all they do. They all sound like beaker, and then uh uh-huh, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I and I can't, I can't. I just can't. It drives me nuts. So yeah, so like that and that that sort of and again it's just a a style and there's stuff in, you know, American games or European games that is similar. Uh that I'm more immune to because I'm from here. That's all.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So that's
2: why I couldn't, I couldn't hack Tokyo Mirage sessions was that kind of stuff just bugged me so much. It wasn't enough to compensate uh, or to work to to balance with the stuff that I did like.
0: Right. Yeah. It's funny. I, so this week as well, I've been playing uh, Ace Attorney Mm six. I got a review build of Ace Attorney six and have been playing through it. And it is, uh, you know, it's Ace Attorney, and it comes with all the things that people like about Ace Attorney. It's story-centric. There are a lot of wacky characters. But this is another example, Susan, of a series where, you know, even if you sort of like the content, some of the affectations that you run into in the game are are not things that appeal to you. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, do do either of you ever encounter a game where there are these sorts of things whether they're their story affectations or mechanical things you know i when i play a game if i love the i love the story but there is you know 95 of your time is going to be character building customization trees and <laughs> allocation of experience points i'm like screw you i'm out i don't care i don't care about your stupid character customization because that's that's an acquired taste that i never really acquired And I'm curious if you two have ever run into a situation where you push through that to the game underneath because there's something that keeps drawing you forward and you find yourself acquiring the taste. Because that did happen to me with Ace Attorney. Like, I'm playing Ace Attorney 6 even though Ace Attorney 5 kind of sucked. Yeah, I didn't like it. the The story ends up delivering, but it takes... 25 out of 30 hours to get to the place where it starts delivering and i'm glad i persevered i'm glad i pushed through because that that sort of reinvigorated my interest in the series but i I think that there are a lot of times where you know we're life is filled with things to do already and you know sort of pushing yourself to acquire a taste is not always the easiest thing or even the smart thing to do
2: i don't i i've I can't say I've ever pushed through it to acquire the taste. I will often just kind of put it off to the side if there's enough other things going on. Like, so it'll still bug me, but it's like, okay, this is bugging me, but whatever. The game is giving me enough that I, I'll i deal with that. I can't say it's ever me constantly being exposed to it has ended up with me going, you know, now I really like it when characters go, huh <laughs> Sometimes it just bugs
1: me a little less. Dave, how about you? Um, there are a couple things. Like, like I, I can't... It's hard to specifically point to, like, one individual thing, just because there are, like, there are examples of, like... I typically don't like crafting in games, but it's not, like, something that if it's in a game, and if it's done well, or if it's done, like... Like, in something like The the Last of Us, the crafting is such a small part of it,
0: yeah. that it's not,
1: like... It, it doesn't... I have no opinion of it, either way. Um open world stuff I feel like I've, I've gr- grown a bit more um, disillusioned with like that whole Assassin's Creed collect all of the things and do all of this stuff um, like that starts to I've had to force myself to just like like no, I can't do everything <laughs> I can't stay up till 2 in the morning every day and because I have to work I have a family who cares about me and wants to spend time with me uh, and I can't do this with every game, so like that—that's something that I've had to like consciously um, try to scale back on, and and like recognize that like a lot of the stuff is there for padding, you know, like that, like maybe the reason why there are so many of these repeatable exercises is because the plot's kind of thin, and there's not a lot to do outside of that. And then you know, like once you start to peel those layers away, then some of it can fall apart. Um, I've also found myself kind of growing tired of the... And this goes back to, like, Deus Ex. Uh, just, like, this the Disneyland nature of certain games, like, thinking back to to Deus Ex and, like, Bioshock Infinite, um, where, like, these certain things are set up specifically for you to interact with because you are the god of the... I mean, like, really, you are the player, you are the agent of change in this world, but, like, there are ways to do it that don't feel so... I guess contrived, like... uh, Like Dragon Age Inquisition. I was just rolling my eyes that entire game, because... You are the ultimate savior of this world and they have you looking for herbs <laughs> because you're the only one who can do it apparently <laughs> and you're just like really like dude i have way more i okay no one's gonna do this like i have i have people right i have like a like a, like a mini key i have i'm basically the luxembourg of this world i have people who can do no you, you can't spare like five minutes to get no okay i guess i'll do it i guess i'll collect all of these shards i guess i will do that too cool and by the end of it like 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 i you know i i, I beat that game i i did pretty much everything that i could i killed all 10 of the dragons the achievement didn't pop because it was buggy as hell yeah me either uh, Um, but, you know, I did all of the things, I did all of the stuff, I played that game for, like, 80 hours, and, like, by the end, like, so, I, I did, I enjoyed it enough to do it, but, I... Well,
2: enjoying it and it making sense are two very different things.
1: Yeah, and, like, you know, I, I don't want to be one of these people who are like, I spent 70 hours playing No Man's Sky and I want my money back because it (laughs) sucks. It's like, if you, if you spend 70 hours with a game like that... No, no, no. Like un- unless you get to the last boss and there is a game breaking bug Which that like, prevents you. Is from exactly
2: what happened in the case of the guy who played for 70, 70 hours and and got a refund.
1: Okay, but like to say I played Diablo three for three hundred hours and that game is bullshit. Yeah, you're you're okay. an idiot. <laughs> like like do something else. Um, <laughs> like, do something else.
0: else.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah. I, I don't know, I, I kind of went on a tangent there. Uh, but no, like, like I, I, I want to, you know, uh, when you play a game, you want to feel like you're important, you know, because you're the protagonist, you're the one doing the things. But I think there's a way to balance that with not making you feel like the world was created specifically for you to exist in. So I think mm-hmm. the
2: answer, what his answer to your question is, is no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No! No, the answer is no. Uh, so, one more thing that we did this week yeah. was we asked people to write in with reader questions, Ooh, okay. and some of you, some of you did, and we have we have a couple of fun ones here. Uh, this one came from Richard Carrasco who says, "Hey Anthony, Staff, and Susan."
1: <laughs> I love that this Which is, is now that becoming do. a thing. <laughs> oh my god. Wasn't <laughs> like, the best. It is.
0: Uh, this is this is returning to a topic from an earlier podcast okay. in the from this summer. What do you guys think about the future of the DC film universe mm. now that Suicide Squad has been released? It was a depressingly terrible movie and Batman v Superman was not much better. I actually liked Man of Steel. Don't judge no, me. I liked it too. Do you we're, gu- we're
2: together on that one.
0: I Do you off. guys... <laughs> do you guys have any hope for the future of the DC film universe with hugs and
1: high fives? Richard. So... No. <laughs> uh, and I'll say this. It, it, the re- it comes down to money. Suicide Squad made bank. It was number one for several weeks, and it's it's probably, you know, it's probably made all its money back, both, like, domestically and globally. It's, you know, it's got all the tie-ins, which I'm sure will do well, and then when the DVD comes out, people are gonna buy that too. So, I think that WB is not going to learn its lesson, and, mm. we'll, you know, like, Zack Snyder is still producing DC movies. Okay, and yeah. Kind of clearly the biggest problem.
2: But that. but uh, Ben Affleck after Batman versus Superman came out basically said, "Okay. Look. I have been trying to be a <laughs> superhero for my entire life, and I am not going to let you fuck it up for me." <laughs> and he uh, uh, you know apparently was like, "I'm I am getting my hands in this and you're all going to have to deal with it. So he has been very, very active in the sculpting of the next Batman movie. And it looks like justice league as well. So Snyder is still attached, but I don't think he has as much influence as he did previously. Praise Jesus, because he is part of the problem. Um,
1: I'm we'll make his found head movie. It'll be great. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm so- hopeful for justice league based on the tone of the trailer. From Comic Con. Mm.
0: Yeah, I. So I, I'm the only one of the three of us that saw Suicide Squad, right?
2: Yes, because uh, we don't hate ourselves yeah, as much you guys, as you do.
0: Yeah, you guys, you guys <laughs> don't tend to put yourselves through torture in the way that I, I did. Do watch the revenue,
1: so yeah, true.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like that—that that had the potential to be good, and you still got to listen to Ryuichi Sakamoto music while you watched it. So yeah, that's it was, that was, that was that's good. a benefit. Uh, Well, whereas when I watched Suicide Squad, I had to hear no fewer than 13 30-second clips of different pop songs (sighs) over the course of the first 10 minutes of the movie. Because somebody was just like, how are we going to fix this edit? I don't know, just get $450,000 from marketing, and we'll just put in all these shitty pop songs. People like that Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah, but if we use all these pop songs, that means we have to introduce the characters five times a piece. That's good storytelling! <laughs> oh uh,
1: I didn't know yeah. the, the, ki- the, 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 teenage, the pimply teenager from The Simpsons was the editor behind this movie. Explain to Who a lot. else
0: would have made Suicide Squad, Dave? <laughs> who, else, who else is responsible for this monstrosity? <laughs> it, is, it is incomprehensibly bad. Uh, I, I, I watched it and at least, so Batman versus Superman is a terrible movie because it is so self-serious, so proud of itself and it's it's story ideas are not good. Disagree. It's story ideas are, oh well, okay, wait, here, here's why I, I'm saying that it's story ideas are unappealing in the way that they have been meshed together. Mm. You cannot tell a single story which is about the world saying, "Hey, uh, space Jesus is scary as hell," and then also have him behave like a monster the entire time, and then expect us to still like him. You can't, you can't marry these things together. Wait, space Jesus behaved like a monster. Oh yeah, Superman. Superman s- just punches Batflex Car, and oh. then says, "Stop being Batman, or I'll
1: kill you."
2: Well, okay, like, but uh, okay but here's the thing okay so if you break the story down of, of batman versus superman you've got the problem with space jesus mm-hmm. which is hey he decides he he right now he likes us what the hell do we do if he ever decides he doesn't that sure. is which is an interesting idea that's an amazing idea i love that you've also amazing got idea batman who has been fighting crime for 20 years has achieved nothing he's sisyphus Mm -hmm. he has Mm -hmm. recognized the fact that he's sisyphus and he sees this opportunity like this is going to be my legacy i am going to take out this major threat and i will finally have done something concrete sure that's awesome that's a... Those
0: themes and those premises are awesome. Yes! But the execution... The execution of all... It's like The Matrix. Yeah. Like, The Matrix is filled with good ideas that are not on screen at all. Wait, in the, <laughs> in the first
2: one, or do you mean the sequels?
0: In the sequels. Okay, in the yeah. sequels. The first one's still
2: like,
0: it, it, It's like the Star Wars prequels. The yeah. idea of Darth Vader, com- like, you know, growing up in slavery... And then discovering he has cosmic power is fascinating. Yep. That's that's a that's a compelling story idea, but it's not in the execution right. at all. Right. Suicide Squad is a good idea for a story. I kind of like what where that's coming from. It's just that the execution is so muddied. Right. It is coming from such an ugly mercenary. Yeah. Uh, cynical place yeah, it is coming from the most cynical creative place that any creative endeavor can. you know the the version of suicide squad that we got, the version of Batman versus Superman that we got were born from a place of saying we are going to fund a creative operation purely from the place of maximum profit.
2: yeah, you're right ro- you're you know, not you're not we, wrong
0: about that at all. And I'm not, I, you know, I'm not sitting there and talking about authorial intent. I'm not going to presume that I understand the soul of David Ayer or Zack Snyder or David Goyer or any of these people. But if you look at the way some of these monumental uh, media operations have been funded over the past decade, Disney sat there and looked at Star Wars mm-hmm. and said, you know what? We recognize that we don't know how to make the good thing. So we are going to invite people who seem to have a good idea of how to make the good thing to work with the people that made the good thing back in the day and see if we can get it right. And with Force Awakens, they did. They got a good story that, you know, managed to reinvigorate that thing. Mm-hmm. The, D- the DC Universe has been... Tumbling further and further and further down since the release of The Dark Knight, because The Dark Knight made so much money, mm-hmm. was so popular, tapped so into the cultural moment of 2008. You know, like it, it baffles me that that movie came out two or three months before the financial crash of 2008, yeah. and not two or three months after. You know, it was just this—it's this perfect moment for that perfect movie. You know, Mm -hmm. and Warner Brothers has just been in this this mad dash since then to be like, well, we got to get that cash, we got to get that billion dollar dark, we got to get that Disney money, we got to get that Disney money, and instead of just saying, well, why was that good? Why was why was David Goyer and Christopher Nolan? you know pursuing these ideas the right thing at that time and how do we find other people to pursue those ideas and
1: the and like like disney i mean you know D- disney is not Oh, you know, just this, like, art house that pumps out thing passion, pro- like, no, they are a cold, calculating business, specifically designed to make money, but they also recognize that building, like, like WB wants to build this DC universe out of mm-hmm. nothing in, in no time flat, whereas, like, Disney didn't realize what they had until they had already, like, made three or four movies, mm-hmm. and was mm-hmm. like, well, what if we start putting these movies together? What if we mm-hmm. put, like, Iron Man and the Hulk and all of all of these people in the same movie and have them move together forward and build story arcs that way as well? Like, they didn't build that machine overnight. That took time and years of planning Here, for them to even get it right. And they're also not afraid to delay a movie if it's not going to work. Like, Rogue One what? was supposed to be out this summer... But they pushed it because they needed to do script rewrites. They needed to do reshoots. And, you know, like, like not reshoots in the way that Suicide Squad was like, oh, we're punching this up. Like, they actually took time to push the schedule forward to make Rogue One a success.
2: What Disney has always understood better than probably any other studio on Earth is Legacy. They make stuff to last they make stuff that you will enjoy for years and years and years and years they 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 do this so that they continue to get money out of you for years and years and years and years this is why they have the air quote disney vault where Mm -hmm. you won't be able to Mm -hmm. buy a movie until they let it out you know 20 years from now and oh you can only buy it for a year yeah they're brilliant at it but they also put in the time to make stuff that is, is good enough that you care enough we see a lot of disposable movies lots of movies sure. are, are they're, they're not meant to last and Disney does a fair fair number of those as well but they also understand stuff like Star Wars or the Marvel Universe this is stuff that will have weight this is stuff that will matter to people for a really long time so let's take the time it's like building a house you know you take the time mm-hmm. to build a really solid foundation that thing, will last that's not mm. happening on the DC side at all. it re- like the first Batman I, like the, the first Batman movies it's incredible it wasn't designed to be the foundation of a legacy
0: not at all you know it wasn't even it wasn't even designed to be the foundation of an ongoing story mm-hmm. like the, the fact that they continued the narrative of Batman Begins you can see how shaky that foundation was by the time they get to the Dark Knight Rises yeah because the, the, any sense of reality in that world just crumbles by the time that you get to that movie and, you know, freaking uh, 28 Days Later guy is running a court trying rich people <laughs> while Tom Hardy wanders around outside wondering how he's going to get to the Yukon to fight himself <laughs> in the woods, in The Revenant. I,
2: I, as much as I love uh, the first two Batman movies, if Heath Ledger hadn't been the Joker... Because yeah. let's be honest, yeah. that performance is one for the ages, and if oh, yeah. that performance is not in that movie, I don't think we care. I mean, it's, no, it's, it's I still entertaining, sure, but it yeah. doesn't become this capital T thing that yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion. Like, I actually just recently rewatched uh, the first two movies. I haven't watched the third one yet, but like, I like Batman Begins. I don't think holds up very well at all. Really? Um, just like just. From a cultural standpoint and from, like, like the acting is kind of hammy, mm. and it's just, like, it's that same, like, it's so self-serious oh. that it's very much of that era mm. where, like, you know, where the Matrix was made and right, where all these other right. things were, like, like yeah. take, you know, we have to take ourselves so seriously because we're, we're making art. Of course, I also, I think a lot of Christopher Nolan's work doesn't hold up under... Uh, close scrutiny, either, but I get that's a, that's a different conversation for another day. Sure. <laughs> um,
0: I, Dave, I love, I love how hammy the performances are in Batman Begins. I love them. The guy, <laughs> no, no, not even, not even him. It's, it's the side characters. The guy that plays Carmine Falcone, oh, the mob yeah, boss, yeah. is so great in that movie. When Bruce Wayne, like, wanders into his bar before deciding to become Batman. And he's like, your chill told me in the joint. Your father begged him, like, a dog,
1: like a dog. For his life. <laughs> Clearly a British man yes. doing an affectation of a, <laughs> like, a quasi-New York slash Chicago accent.
0: The fakest mob voice in the world, and it's amazing. It's so good. Yeah, I, so we, the other thing... That I think is important to note, and not to just keep harping on Disney and Warner Brothers like these these corporate entities have some kind of soul. Uh, <laughs> the one thing I will say that is interesting to me about Disney's approach to business is the you know they gobble up all of these intellectual properties and these creative houses, but they allow them to operate within a shocking amount of creative independence. Lucasfilm and Marvel and Pixar. Are allowed to pursue ideas, you know, that are often very risky, under the condition that they keep pumping out the crap that just makes a gajillion dollars. You know, cars. Yeah. People talk crap about cars. Oh all the my time. god! It made so much money. Yeah, little yeah. Kids, kids, kids love it. They love little it. kids love cars and everyone who's who is familiar with pixar's business knows the movies aren't what make pixar profitable the toys yeah. are what make pixar profitable and to you know to keep making these cars movies is that's what disney wanted they wanted them for expressly that purpose they want that cash cow but at the exact same time we, that's, that's why we still get crap like toy story 3 nobody Who wants to just make a billion dollars allows a movie like Toy Story 3 to get made, where you just sit there and dig even deeper into the existential ennui of parenthood and childhood playthings that are being left behind by somebody that's become an adult. That's bizarre. And, like, the weirdest one, love it or hate it, and I know the vast majority of people hate it, the Muppets TV show. You don't... Make something like a, a weird, you know, office-style sitcom with fourth wall breaking, where the Muppets talk about their sex lives. If all you want to do is make bank on your intellectual property, you know, like well, I would is- okay.
2: I think the Muppets is a, is a weird case because I think they didn't know who the audience was. Was it kids? Because the Muppets are puppets, was it people who watched the Muppets when they were kids, and that's where I think they it all kind of fell apart. Sure,
1: yeah. Well, and because like, the whole point but they of the still Muppets took the risk. Is, the whole point of the Muppets is that they're supposed to be the 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 one beacon of like innocence. In a cynical world. Like, they, they make that point in the, that new Muppet movie right. where it's like they're just, they're the doe eyed, googly eyed characters in a world that, like, totally, like, it needs them, but simultaneously doesn't respect them because they're so, just like, bubblegum innocent. And yeah. taking that and then pushing it into this, like, no, they, they, they've, they like, apparently Miss Picky fucks Nathan Fillion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's weird. Yeah. But again, at but, least it's like it's a statement. You yeah, know, it's a good idea. It,
0: quality it, quality is not the issue. It's it's risky. It's and, weird. Yes.
2: It was definitely it mean, was definitely risky. Yes. Muppets making penis jokes, not the obvious choice. Not the obvious <laughs> no. choice.
0: Not the obvious choice whereas sitting there and saying we we hired a guy who makes these high octane dark and gritty action movies like Fury to make suicide squad because all we are in the business of is dark gritty superheroes because that made us a billion dollars and, here, and we want more of it and then all of a sudden being like oh shit that's not popular anymore oh, what are the kids like now that's what i call 1970s music uh change the edit hot topic
1: what is uh five yeah. nights at freddy's oh my god uh uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. We need Five Nights at Freddy's. We need a, a thing, of a Hot Topic hair dye and uh,
0: I don't know, fucking solid gold hits of 1979. Go. Just get it. Get it off. Get me spirit in the sky. Get me the right the spirit <laughs> in the sky right now. Okay.
2: Can I, I need, I need to, I need on the Hot Topic tip, I need to talk to the to the listeners now for a moment. <laughs> listeners, you perhaps have a high school age friend perhaps you are a high school age person yourself the joker and harley is not a romantic aspiration their oh, relationship God. is broken and abusive it's not right. charming like hot topic is pushing this whole narrative that like oh they I, love you know, each other la- no he isn't a horrible abusive man it's an abusive relationship. You don't, this is not a, this is not, it's like every breath you take, not a love song. It's, it's on that level. Right. Okay. Creeper. So please stop saying you want a romance like Harley and Joker, please.
0: Susan, Go. I think I, I may have told you this story once upon a time, okay. but Dave, I know I haven't told you this story. All right, I'm going to tell you guys the hot topic story. Oh God. Okay. Uh, and This is, this is embarrassing for two of my relatives. But in in the year 2009, flashback to the land when Twilight was the most popular thing in the entire world.
1: Oh, boy.
0: And I go on a family vacation and get in the car to go, the minivan to go to dinner with my two teenage cousins, who were at the time 13 and 12, both girls, and my male cousin, who was at the time embarrassingly old for the statements he made at 20. Oh, God. And the girls are ranting. Have you read Twilight? Do you know about Twilight? Twilight is the best thing in the world. Oh my God, you need to know about t- Twilight. And I'm like, whoa, one at a time. I know about the vampire teens, but let's, let's slow it down. And my 20-year-old cousin is just like, fuck Twilight. Twilight's the worst goddamn thing in the entire world. I hate Twilight. Twilight sucks. And I'm like, like dude, chill it out. I agree with you that Twilight sucks, but they're 13 and 12. You can't look at a 13 and 12-year-old and say everything they love sucks. It's their job to like things that suck. If you are a 13-year-old, you are professionally
1: obligated to like things that are moronic. To own a Sum 41 CD and a pair of Jinko pants. Absolutely. Or be really,
2: really into the Jesus and Mary chain. Just done. (laughs)
0: Perfect,
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: And I look at him. I'm like, dude, like, chill it out. Like, I, I mean, I I don't like it, but why do you hate Twilight so much? And then he looks me dead in oh, the no. eyes. Oh no! And says with utter, complete earnestness. Oh god, Twilight ruined Hot Topic.
1: Oh my god. No. No, Twilight... it was ruined fr- from the from the start. Twilight. Twilight... No. Ruined oh. Hot
2: oh.
0: Topic Oh No Oh Oh <laughs> Mark If you're listening <laughs> I know that you're 27 years old And living this exciting life As a chef in San Diego And meeting girls all the time But I want them to know <laughs> That at the age of 20 Wow You said Twilight Ruined Hot Topic Man. Wow mm-hmm. I It's a powerful statement isn't
2: it It's it's something it's a something. statement it's, <laughs> okay it, do we have can we go to more reader mail is yes
0: there... yeah more reader mail so we have from christian fisher uh longtime viewer of the streams and listener of the podcast uh, christian writes hey guys brought on by the new deus x what do you think is the future of microtransactions in AAA games to me, they seem to be getting more and more blatant and crass, but are we going to get to a point where a majority of gamers are just going to go, F this and a backlash occurs. Thanks, and keep those 90s slow jams <laughs> rolling. <laughs> uh, the last part we can absolutely Yeah, that's do. a given. No question. Uh, Until as we get taken micro- down by the RIAA, <laughs> yeah. we will continue <laughs> with the slow jams. For our just cripplingly accurate, versions of those songs. I mean, I sounded like Coolio.
1: He sounds so good. So, so good. <laughs> so Dave, you and I actually talked
0: about this with Eidos Montreal on our Deus Ex stream. And I, you know, I'm not trying to just sort of uh, defend this game when it doesn't need defending. Can, can
2: I interrupt for one second? I don't know yeah, what the oh, microtransactions
0: please. in Deus X are. Neither did I. Okay. I didn't even know they were there. Okay. I, I'd played almost 10 hours of story, Susan, and had no clue that there were microtransactions at all. But apparently this is a capital T thing oh, with people. All right. The 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 microtransactions that are in place... Dave, you actually know what they are in Day yeah.
1: 6. So, basically, for a couple dollars, you know, a couple human dollars, mm-hmm. you can buy... Praxis kits oh. in various size bundles, okay. and you can buy credits in various size bundles, and they are consumable. So once you pick them up and use them in your save file, they are gone. Right. So you will not be able to use them. And and the other thing too is that apparently there there were pre order bonuses that like you would get bonus Praxis kits and stuff. And you use the Praxis and kits
2: to purchase AUGs.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah, the Praxis kits are basically your upgrade points. Right. Right. Um, okay. But yeah, so like, like, there were two different kinds. There were like, there were, um, there were consumables, and I forget what the other word that they used, but it, it was a bullshit marketing buzzword. Oh, um, uh, like, like, just just like a like a dumb nothing word. But basically, like, Praxis kits and currency. Once you pick it up and use it, it's gone. Whereas like the guns and the skins were uh, were available for all. Uh, save files and playthroughs. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so like that's that's what the so from what I understand, those microtransactions weren't turned on until the game came out. So if we played it before oh. the game came out, which like I did mm-hmm. and Anthony, I know played some, they weren't there at all. Okay, like you couldn't buy them, you couldn't access them. Um, and now that they are, um, I don't know. Like when I played that game, I never felt like. It was balanced to the point where, like, you needed the microtransactions. So when when they were made available, it was like, it, you know, it, it's like those those EA things where it's like, oh, if you want all of the cars in burnout and don't want to spend the 50 hours it takes to get, right. to grind them out, right. you spend $5, you get all the cars. You, you are obviously a busy person who has money, so give us money, we give you the thing. Um, I've never had a problem with those. Yeah. Because they they don't, because I'm not going to buy them. Right. And as long as the game isn't balanced to the point that makes, like, I never once playing Mankind Divided felt like, man, if there were only more Praxis Kits around, this game would be more fun. Like, (laughs) there, there is enough opportunity in that game through the quests, through finding Praxis Kits, through buying them in game, through, um unlocking them whatever that i never once felt like my progress was impeded by money
2: i mean this is yeah. i am perfectly okay with microtransactions that are meant as shortcuts in single player games because if you don't yes. if you don't want to if you are not a person who is into doing all the side quests or unlocking all the cars or whatever that's valid you know you get you should be you should have an avenue to play the game the way you want to play the game the, the way the game fits your lifestyle If that means you got to spend an extra five bucks for it to accommodate you i think that's fair
0: uh, depending depending it's a slippery slope i think because you know in deus ex there are three difficulty settings right you know you you can play easy you can play normal or you can play super hard crazy you know bonkers uh-huh. mode and or Bioshock Infinite. Bioshock right. Infinite had you know easy, normal, hard, or the unlockable mode that's trying to simulate the sort of difficulty from the old System Shock right. games back in the right. day. You know there are there are these options built in to sort of tailor how you want to play those games. You know I I think that if you if you say oh do you want to trundle through this entire story on an easier setting. That's not something that I necessarily think should be monetized. I feel like that should be built into the game because it's just something that should be built into the game. Well, it's... However, that that said, mm-hmm. I feel like if you want to make... The example that always springs to mind for me is the Zodiac Spear in Final Fantasy XII. Mm-hmm. The, the, the ultimate weapon to access in Final Fantasy XII. Not only does it take, you know, dozens of hours to level up your characters to the point where they can even equip the item, mm-hmm. you need to play 40 hours of this game, not, not opening specific treasure chests at specific times that are unlabeled in the oh game God. to even get Stop to it. it. You know the Exactly. These, these insane uh, hoops that you have to jump through to get to that item that makes the game much easier to play are absurd and fun for a specific type of yeah. player. However, if you make the Zodiac Spear just something, here's a dollar, one dollar, uh, now you have it. That's fine. And and that, that I think, is a version of what you're talking about, Sue, Yeah, basically, of, I, of, it,
2: it very much has to be something that the developers do with consideration and care. It has yeah. to be single player only, because this is... Man, once multiplayer gets involved, microtransactions are a whole other other conversation. Um, I just, I really... Games should be more accommodating of a variety of personalities and a variety of play styles. Uh, Whether that is through stuff like Doom, the new Doom, for example, which lets you swap difficulties on the fly. It lets you come back and do the rune. Uh, mini games like once you find it you don't have to do it in that level you can access it from the menu later like it's very very accommodating of how you want to play that game does it brilliantly if uh, it's something that abs- absolutely has to be weighed carefully yeah but conceptually I am fine with paying an impatience tax if you are that kind of person Totally. You know, like me, yeah. I... C- conceptually. Yeah, conceptually. But it has to be handled... Like, the pricing needs to be appropriate. The shortcut needs to be appropriate. The impact on the game needs to be appropriate. Because, like, for something like yeah. Deus Ex, easy just meet Probably, I, I don't know specifically because I haven't played it yet, just means making the combat easier as opposed mm-hmm. to all the other stuff that goes with the game. Like giving you more money, giving you, you know... Yeah. Like, in, in Bioshock, easy not only makes the combat easier, but items are more plentiful, you get more money when you get money, everything is easier. You've got, you're have got overflowing with stuff, and everybody's easier to kill. So that that's yeah, well-balanced.
0: I, I think there is an amazing model for how to do this in the best way possible in Mortal Kombat X. Mm. Uh, Mortal Kombat X, a, a game that I absolutely adore i I cannot get enough of that game i i think it's the i think it's the best g.i joe movie i've ever played (laughs) uh but the way mortal Kombat sort of structures its world is the un unlocking Mm -hmm. things is its own game okay you you go so as you play the game just playing it earns you credits you get all these credits, and it's with for everything you do. Well, yeah, of course. Credits with of a K. Course. Everything yeah. with a K. Uh, everything with a K, even the word everything spelled with a K. True. It's everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they... So as even if you play one round of a single fight and then have to turn it off, you get credits. For okay. Everything you do earns you credits. And you start off with a certain number of credits. And then there is something called the Crypt. And the Crypt is an old-style crappy like first person dungeon what? like you would see it you'd see in a pc game back yeah, in the it's, day. it's it's really cool and with different areas like there's the graveyard and then there's the cave filled with spiders and every tombstone or every egg sack for spiders in the cave is something that costs credits to unlock Okay, and you can go through it's different skins for your characters it's art it's uh, credits that will allow you to do fatalities without entering the. Oh, mood. praise like, Jesus! Yes. Like, yeah, like like all of these different things, and you can access these things all on your own just by playing mm-hmm. the game. It's mm-hmm. there. If you want to unlock all of them, you can pay some money. Right. And so, and and at no point do the microtransactions sit there and totally halt the way you interact with mm-hmm. the game. It, it's never roadblocking. It's totally additive, and that and, and it manages to make it its own little entertaining, fun thing to do. I and paying Goku. that money,
1: like, kind of ruins that fun thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I, I feel like we're we're seeing more things like that. I feel like that's not an uncommon way to approach this sort of stuff. And you know, Christian Fisher asked if we think that these there's going to be a backlash and these things are going to go away i think the backlash to the most predatory kinds of macro transactions has already happened I agree. and you know the the most egregious piece of downloadable content i think i've ever seen was the javik story for mass effect 3 mm-hmm. which i never played in Oh uh, and, and Susan it like it fundamentally changes the shape of See, the game. that's I have because and this is another
2: situation. Uh I reviewed that game and yeah. Javik wasn't available before the game was out.
0: Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he was I think that stuff was a pre-order exclusive. What no. First. It,
1: yeah. It was it was in the no, it was in the collector's edition of the game. Right. If you got the collector's edition, it came with that DLC, or you had to spend the $10. And it was timed.
0: It was timed. Like, if you had the collector's edition, you could access it before everybody else. And so there were people who were, like, beating the game, but couldn't play From Ashes, the From Ashes DLC yet. And that is, honestly, and maybe I'm wrong. This is my own personal opinion. I, I think a huge part of the freak-out rage about the ending of Mass Effect 3 had more to do with people being furious at the DLC and marketing around that game than the actual ending itself. I feel like people were so offended by the way that game was sold and presented that it spilled over into this, you know, oh, your ending is bullshit. Uh, and
1: maybe A lot I'm of projecting, wrong. a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of transferring blame. Uh, right. Yeah. I, yeah. And and that's the thing. I think I think that the issue isn't the consumables because those are like like as long as the game is balanced well, they're they're invisible. You don't have to buy them. Right. Um. It, it's it's when narrative is locked behind a paywall, where like the ending of Asura's Wrath is only available to you if you spend the ten or fifteen dollars to access it, or the final chapter of the two thousand eight Prince of Persia. Which, like, the game itself ends, I think, beautifully without it, but there's also, there's like, hey, if you want to find out what happens at the end, give us $10. Like, that's bullshit. And I, like, that's the part that kind of worries me about Mankind Divided, because the way that it ends very much sets up the next chapter of the game. But Deus Ex Mankind Divided also has several narrative story missions coming on the way, which is possible that those missions are the ending of the game. Like, we don't know what they are yet because they haven't talked about it, but the fact that it's, like, the game feels like there's no ending, but there's more story-based DLC coming, like, that to me is more egregious mm-hmm. than... Um, and
0: Square Square Enix has done that before. Final um, Fantasy Thirteen too. Yep basically sure just did. doesn't end, it just stops. That was and, so
2: bad. Oh my god. Yeah, then six,
0: six months later, they were like, here's the ending, it's DLC. And the funny thing is, is before Lightning Returns came out, Square Enix was like, we learned our lesson, the reason that happened is that we needed to ship the game, and we ran out of money, and we just had to get it out there, we'll never, we'll, that'll never happen again. And, obviously, Eidos Montreal, it's a different studio, it's a different team, falls under a different wing of the publisher, but... It, it, I would not be surprised if you're right, Dave. I will say that Deus Ex Human Revolution, its story DLC, didn't fix the sort of open-ended nothing ending of that game. But it, it, I think that's a great example of a DLC that really enriched the single-player game after it right. came out. Human, uh, the missing link for Deus Ex Human Revolution right. was really great. Yeah. And, and wasn't essential, but was definitely additive.
1: And that's what uh, Square is saying, like uh, Tabata, the director of Final Fantasy Fifteen, has been coming out and saying, like, the season pass for Final Fantasy Fifteen is not, like, the the game is the story, this is just, like, extra content about each of the individual, like, there's epis- like like, there, there are episodes based off of each of the individual characters. So, mm-hmm. again, not a whole lot of info about what those stories are, but those seem to be more additive as, like... Hey, you want to get to know these characters a little better? Here's some side stories. As opposed to, like, here's the ending of the game. Hope you spent $90.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I Do you guys ever, ever buy a season pass? No. Ever purchase a season no. pass? No. No. I, I, I've never done The it. only...
2: If I were a person who played online shooters a lot, multiplayer online shooters a great deal, That weren't Destiny. uh, Then I might, because they release maps, they release... There's a steady flow of content, and it is cheaper to get a season pass Mm -hmm. that way. Otherwise, no. No. Absolutely not. I have never, ever seen a season pass for the kinds of games that I play where I wanted every single piece of it.
0: Mm. Yeah, um, and it's funny. Like Deus Ex, I brought up like Deus Ex being the Missing Link DLC actually being good. Uh, it's one of only two examples where a single player expansion that was like part of a season pass or DLC was good at all, mm-hmm. as far as I as far as I can tell. You know, mm-hmm. like that, and um, I mean, I, I don't think the do Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine even count.
1: Do we I mean, count was those? A, that was a season pass. It was, yeah. Like, it was a season, season pass for that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, those were worth it. Those and were amazing. And they were upfront about that, too, at least saying, like, so this is what you're going to get. The first one is going to be a smaller 10-hour piece of content that expands on the the base game a little bit. And then the second one is going to be bigger, right. about 20 to 30 hours in a new area. Like that, like that, that was a lot more upfront than like a game going like you'll get the the, the thingy pack. The, which yeah, comes with one mission. Right. And like, okay, so I'm gonna level with you guys. <laughs> I'm not proud to admit it. Uh, the last season pass that I bought it was before I started writing for Games Radar. I had extra store credit, and I was like, sure, why not? I got the season pass for Watch Dogs. No, oh, get out! <laughs> I didn't touch it. You're I played I played the game. I sold the game back. I never touched the season pass content.
0: Why is when you talk now all I hear is Pwee, blee, 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 blee. <laughs> Yeah, I you know, I was dumb. I was foolish. No, it's fine. It's I, fine. I A lot of people it. were fooled by watchdogs. A lot of people yeah. okay, so the and... season
2: pass for Bioshock Infinite, half of it was burial at sea.
0: Oh, I haven't played. Barry oh my yet. god! It's
2: oh, it's so good! It's yeah. People say so it's really good. awesome. It actually is. And then the other half is yeah. multiplayer stuff.
0: Like, Man, uh, I'm really excited about uh, the Bioshock collection because I haven't played Minerva's Den either. Me either. Yeah, that's gonna kick. I ass. actually wow.
2: never finished Bioshock Two.
0: It's good. It's, it's actually good. really cool. It's, it's really cool. What if it's the cool. best Bioshock? I swear, it's, it's Susan, it's really okay, cool. Okay, here's my problem. I, here's
2: I, my problem. Bioshock, okay, we all know the ending sucks. We, we, that is universally agreed. The man who envisioned the game admits the ending sucks. So, it is fact. And <laughs> yet, it is one of my favorite games of all time. Hugely, I have an immense emotional connection with that game. Hmm. And two, at least as much of it as I played... Just felt like copy paste, copy paste, copy paste,
0: hmm.
2: and so I stopped playing it because I was like, "Well, you're trying, you're just copy pasting," and I've already played Bioshock.
0: Yeah, the weird thing is, I love the concepts in Bioshock. I love the world of Bioshock. Mm-hmm. I hated playing the original Bioshock. Oh. like it, yeah, and and this is it's why I ended up playing Bioshock Infinite for the first time on 1999 mode. Oh. Uh, if there's anybody who's planning to play Bioshock: The Collection, don't play Bioshock Infinite <laughs> for the first time on 1999 mode. Uh, and if you really want the similar experience, get a hammer, a nail, and just pound that nail into your own foot for like a day. Uh, <laughs> not a good way to spend your time. But I, 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 I Bioshock: The Original was one of those games where I felt like I was pre- presented with all of these infinite play options. Mm. And didn't need to use any of them. Yeah. I used the wrench and my electric powers, the first two things that you get in that game for the whole game, because it was just the most efficient. It was just not, I, I didn't find the game to be as mechanically compelling as it was narratively. That's fair. And that's, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and so, and and that's, you know, it's a taste thing. Uh, I, I still think it's pretty well made. I think, not just the ending is problematic, but the entire second half of that game is is missing some things. Bioshock two is a pulpier story. It's it's ambitions are not nearly as lofty mm. and a purely pulp level, the story is delightful and mm. it is a much more mechanically interesting okay. game. It's yeah, like you have to you really have to play Bioshock. And Shock it takes it
1: takes some it takes the story to some interesting areas. Yes. Like very much. Like so. you have you have to get through the first like half of that game where it's like, "Oh, the big sister is after See, you. Yeah, it's like the big brother, yeah. but it's it, Getting exactly. faster, exactly. And it's exactly.
0: such a cool place though, Susan. It gets to a really cool And, and that is what yeah, literally
2: it, everybody tells me.
0: Yeah. 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 It is uh, I'm trying to think of a, a good example of, of a sequel that mo- most people don't like. But is actually like really interesting. It, it, if you have to think of it in some way, it's the search for Spock of of Bioshock games. It is Star Trek, III, Star Trek which Three, which is to is say terrible. that Christopher Christopher Lloyd explodes though, which is always yeah. But that
2: that I just rewatched it recently. It's awful.
0: I should rewatch. I haven't seen it since I was like oh, 15. it's bad. Does it not it hold is up?
2: Bad. Well, I mean, okay. In fairness, following Wrath of Khan really tricky, but it's- sure. Terrible. Yeah, Spock going through Ponfar? No. No. (laughs) No. Uh,
0: Okay, RoboCop 2 then. RoboCop 2, 2 outwardly crap. But RoboCop 2 is secretly awesome. Yeah, yeah, everybody, you know what else is secretly awesome? Radio Radar. Uh, We recommend you listen to this every single week. Uh, If you are listening to this on Labor Day, we hope you are enjoying a relaxing last day Fictional day of summer. It's not the actual last day of summer. No, more uh, white. Don't, no more white. Don't don't, don't do don't, it. Don't do don't it. Don't do it. So, unless aw. unless you're cosplaying as Lightning in in her thirteen two appearance, in which case have at it. Her, uh, the
1: five minutes she's in that video game the five that, she's that she's on the cover of, or or right. the
0: um, right. or the bear from
2: uh Yakuza Five in the white the in the white suit with the flared collar in the white. Yeah, yeah. Yes. always precisely
0: uh uh yeah we'll be back this coming week if you would like us to do more reader mail let us know check the show notes on itunes and on GamesRadar.com. there are a plethora of ways to contact us you can always reach us directly on twitter at our handles which dave will have put in the notes and also uh, at Games Radar. Oh, I and wanted to address that-
2: something. In that first of all, thank you to everybody who has done, uh, who has written a review for us on iTunes. One of them.
1: Yes, we love you, you. We
2: really appreciate it. It Really, really helps a lot. One person said that we were faking not knowing things to try and generate.
1: <laughs> no, we generally
2: don't know things.
1: What? Yeah. Wait. How do you fake not like what? Like, okay.
2: Like I don't know the, the what the microtransactions are in Deus Ex because I haven't played it. And they're like, and this person's opinion was we will pretend to not know things so that we can egg the conversation along because you're, you're in the industry, so obviously you know this stuff. Honey, I wish I had the time <laughs> to know all of this. To know thi- every,
0: literally I everything. I don't. Oh my God. I
2: just, so no, it is, if we if we say we don't know something, it's because we don't know something and we would like to be edified. All right. I know yeah. Metal
1: Gear, and that's about it. So, like, Man. my everything else needs to be constantly spoon-fed to me. I'll tell you what I wish I knew
0: more about. And, like, this is, I know, like, it seems like something I know about on the show, but I actually am pretending, you know, and I don't, I, I really, you know, I gotta bolster up, is 90s slow true. jams, everybody. I just, it's all a facade. He is, <laughs> a, he is <laughs> a
2: fake 90s slow jams boy. It's just—it's all. Going to, he's
1: going to—he's going to that list
0: of 90 songs, and you forgot. Oh my about. god! That and list was just, the don't, worst. Don't get me started. I'm just gonna get in full rage mode again. I'm like, <laughs> so <laughs>
2: good day by them. Ice Cube was on there. Ugh,
1: yeah, it just sickens me. Uh, just. Ugh. Did you know that Jit and Juice by Snoop Dogg was a 90 oh my song? Dark, God! God! <laughs> did you know? <laughs> Son of a come bitch. as you are uh, by yeah, Nirvana. Everybody. That
2: was a song in the '90s. We we love you all. Uh, the,
1: the little indie back. band that nobody listened to. Nirvana. We,
0: do we have Do we have any uh, awesome stuff that we want to direct people to on the nah. site while they're listening nah. to this? Uh,
2: we
1: it's garbage, all of it. No,
2: it's all, <laughs> it's all garbage. garbage. No, it's terrible, <laughs> all of it.
0: Yeah, everybody, go to gamesradar.com. Check out some really fun stuff. We have an extremely goofy feature up about. Uh, what the teaser for Stranger Things two season. Oh, two I do know. I do mean. know something
2: we can point them to. Uh, given that this is coming out on Labor Day, we have a we have a rather fun article up about how people who work at Games Radar name things in games, oh, like their characters yeah. and uh, and and planets and No Man's Sky and stuff. And it, that's a fun read.
0: Yeah, that is a fun read. That was fun to put together. Yeah, everybody. We will see you next time. Until then, like, follow, subscribe, like, follow, subscribe, like, follow, subscribe, like, follow, subscribe. Comment,
2: like, subscribe. (laughs) Comment, like, subscribe. Comment, like, subscribe. Comment,
0: like, subscribe. All right, Till next week. Bye-bye. Bye,
2: everybody.